0: This is Corolla Digital. Hi, folks. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And here's the good news. I really am. And we all really are. This is for real. Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris and I knew we wanted to get a message out because you've been writing such great things to say there's a reason we haven't been on the air. It's a fantastic reason because I was... Well, kidnapped that night of the last show. I was kidnapped, and I was taken to one of those islands in the Pacific from the Flint movies, and they wanted me to join them. It was a volcano island, and the whole top was cut off, and uh, they kept saying, why don't you join us and move into the future with us? And they'd sit me down by the pool, where all the beautiful women in the bikinis walk by, and they said, look, you can have one of these girls any time you want. And there's always one guy on the other side of the pool juggling Indian clubs. I never understood why, but I kept saying, gee, it sounds terrific, but I didn't want to join them. I didn't want to join anybody. I want to join you. And then one day, I looked outside my window, it was beautiful, sweet, nice, with a railing that goes around, and I saw coming up the cliff, up the mountain cliff, was Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris on huge, thick ropes, and they normally call that repelling, I think, but it was really repellent, because they were crying so much, and they had equipment with them to record, they didn't come to rescue me, they came to record a message to say, you know what, we're coming back soon, and there's a good story behind it. And there really is. I can't tell you how good it is to be, well, still in the game of life and coming back. And I can't wait to talk to you for real life. So on behalf of Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris, who already left, you know what? I'll see you soon. And thanks, folks. Bye. Allison, Rosie. This week on Allison Rosen is your new best friend, the Sklar Brothers. In high school, like, you know, girls like the dumb dudes Mm -hmm. who are good looking and whatever. That also happens in life. But, like, if you're a dude who's trying to be nice and funny and, like, that's your angle, that's your game. If your game is like, I'm going to be funny and a little quirky and original and I'll be really nice to you, that makes you everyone's friend in high Mm -hmm. school. That does not make you get the ladies. Right. So it's it was sort of like I was excited for like another place where it, that would be appreciated. Have yeah. you come into your own yet? No, that'll happen hopefully in my <laughs> 50s. Uh. <laughs> Subscribe to Allison Rosen as your new best friend on iTunes or go to allisonrosen.com. Only from Corolla Digital. Allison's your new best friend. From Level 5 City in Glendale. It's this week with Larry Miller. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and every husband who's ever hidden torn clothes from his wife. Welcome to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And uh, don't they sound good tonight? As always, that's the Jeff Burchell Orchestra and the Dorothy Fonseki dancers featuring boy tenor Nick Papadakis asking the musical question, but isn't Afghanistan landlocked? I'll explain that in a second, but first... And by Amazon.com. Now, I want to explain that. Uh, We have a terrific sponsor, and it's Amazon, Amazon Amazon.com. And uh, by the way, the deal is, and it's a good deal, that if you want to order something from Amazon, if you want to browse on Amazon, if you want to do anything on Amazon, click onto our website first, acelarrymiller.com, www.acelarrymiller.com. And there's a banner there that says Amazon on it, right? I actually had to check with Jeff because... This is so true, it's actually said. I've never seen it. But it, you click on the Amazon banner, and it takes you right to Amazon just as you would have regularly, and we get a cut of that. And I've been teasing them for weeks now, by the way, of saying oh, things like, we get one sixty-fourth of a penny, and if a million of you order in the same week, we can buy a stamp and things like that. But actually, that's not true. And you know what? Jeff and I were talking about this uh, before. They're, they've been very generous uh, to us and very nice, and they're supporting a lot of new shows out there. And it's a very good deal, So cl- clicking on the banner. So you know what? And in fact, w- somebody wrote into to Jeff and saying that... Uh, You know, the people buy substantial things on Amazon. In fact, he said he got a new exhaust for his quad runner. And I knew I wanted to say it like that. He wrote, I I got a new exhaust for my quad runner. And I wanted to say it because I have no idea what that means. I'm the only one in this entire building here at, at Ace Broadcasting, Adam Carolla's shop. And it is a shop. It's a car shop. I have no idea what that means. But Amazon has been very cool. And very generous, and we're glad they're there. So please, by the way, if you if you're thinking of ordering something from them or want to browse, go to hlarrymiller.com and click on the banner that says Amazon and just orders regularly. And the reason I I said and buy is because, as you know, if uh, you're a regular listener to this show, or just regular, either one of those, we we we've started putting things on now that really. Make me smile, and Jeff Fox to everyone here, Chris. we all have the same head, and by the way, we all want it back, but we we all enjoy these these kinds of things that 's why it 's always been in my head like the beginning now, to, from that old uh, thing from All in the family and so many shows that from television city and Hollywood, and then the theme starts that 's the last time i 'm going to explain that by the way, because it just sounds neat, I think, to have it in the front, and then we have something at the end now, and we 're going to keep increasing little things that just remind us of a different time in entertainment. This doesn't mean old, this doesn't mean cranky, this doesn't mean that terrific stuff isn't made today, but it just reminds us of a different time in entertainment in general. And one of those things is, I've always wanted to have a show where you have so many sponsors that the announcer or the host says, brought to you by, and then you hear the ad... No, so it was the announcer then, because the announcer would say, it was just loaded in there, brought to you by, and then there'd be a little pause, and then, you know, hollow cylinders, that's right, you know, filtering and and whatever the product was, and then the announcer's voice would come on again saying, and by, and then they'd have a second ad. So that was for shows that, of course, have more than one sponsor. But we have one, and we're growing, by the way, our numbers are doing great, we're very happy with that and very proud of it, and we're growing, and, and thank you. Please tell a friend, and uh, we're just awfully glad you're, you're there, because we love being there, so we, we're awfully glad Amazon is there. We're very grateful to them. We love them as a sponsor. and We're doing very well with them, and yet, until we have our second sponsor, I'm still just going to say, and bye. Amazon.com. So we're just going to assume, we to, we're not even going to start with, brought to you by Amazon.com. We're going to just continue, and assuming we'll have two and five and ten sponsors, and they're all going to be, and, by. Now, by the way, the reason I said, uh, so thank you, Amazon. The reason I mentioned uh, Nick Papadakis is, uh, that's a friend of Jeff's, and they just had a party for him last night, because he's shipping out to Afghanistan uh, soon, like next week. And they just had a party, and, uh, but he's in the Navy, and I said to Jeff what apparently everyone has said to this guy, something like, but why is the Navy, isn't Afghanistan landlocked? Or I don't even know if they're landlocked, by the way. Maybe they're not landlocked. But it, you, you don't think of it as, an, as, as a Navy place or a place the Navy goes. But, of course, when uh, that fellow was uh, was uh, caught and dispatched, those were Navy SEALs. What was his name? What was that name? The guy with the beard. Isn't that funny how it goes out of your head so soon? Isn't that weird? No, I'm just being silly. Uh, I I I I shouldn't tease about that. It was a, well an, an astonishing uh, thing to do, and uh, not not in my world at all. Uh, at any at any rate, though, uh, so Nick is shipping out. So <laughs> it, he's in the navy, and he's going to be answering that question for a long time. Yes, I just got back from Afghanistan. Really, isn't Afghan? And at one point, he's just going to say, "I can't take it." At one point, he's going to just going to start lying and say, "You know what, I I." I I was in the Marines. In any case, uh, good luck, Nick. And I want to mention also, we have so many new listeners. Uh, we want to reannounce the Larry Miller Drinking Society in general and the Larry Miller Drinking Society cards. The motto of the Drinking Society, of course, which is underneath the name Larry Miller Drinking Society on the cards, the motto is Nominum Quid Geminis, with a question mark, and that's Latin for, you call that a double? And they're they're fun, and we give them to you for free. All you have to do is send a stamped, self-addressed envelope. You can get them on the website for free, of course. You can just put them up and pull it up and print it out. But there's something so neat, and it's the same thing about an older kind of entertainment. People have twigged on this and have enjoyed it so much that it was this old thing from my childhood. Send a stamped, self-addressed envelope. That's what everything I used to order was. Even the things I couldn't pay for, I used to order things... I don't know if I ever mentioned this. I ordered the first volume to everything, everything that was advertised on TV, because they always said, whatever the time, Time Life series on the Cowboys, you know, or the series on the the Civil War, or the series on the Space Race. And they'd always send, they'd always say, and the first volume is free. So they'd always send you the first volume. And then, of course, they want you to buy the other volumes. But once the first volume got there, my dad or my mom would call the company and say, He's a kid. Why are you sending things to a kid? He doesn't know what he's doing. He has no money. He has nothing. And we don't want the other volumes. And uh, and they didn't send the other volumes. It was kind of, I suppose it was a more innocent time. So as a result, in my house growing up, we had the first volume to a lot of things. We had, in fact, I think I still have some in those cartons. You never open up in the garage. The ones, by the way, that picture is in that Jeff has gotten me after that. I told that story a few weeks ago about uh, the picture with me and Yakov and Seinfeld in Mexico. And it's not what you think. If you hadn't heard that story, go back a couple of episodes on This Week with Larry Miller and listen to that story. I think it's, worth it. it's pretty good. But those are in the same, uh, same cartons. So I, I, I just wanted to say to that that we, the Larry Miller Drinking Society is back, that as Jeff said, we have a lot of new listeners, so if you send a, st- can we get the address up there, by the way, for the, not that I don't know it naturally, but uh to where you send a stamped self-addressed envelope to, here's where we need a, uh- Jeff just held a finger up, now that wasn't the the way Jackie Mason is supposed to have held a finger up to Ed Sullivan, by the way, this was actually a, wait one he sec- I, mean, I don't think he did that, by the way, I think he was unfairly accused of that, and, uh, Anyway, I'll tell you the address in a second as soon as, it, uh, as soon as it comes up. But the Larry Miller Drinking Society cards are in their back, and they were always here. But they're fun, and there's an oath on the back that's fun, and and we give them to you for free anyway. And a lot of people, by the way, when I'm on the road, when I'm working, I have this show. I do cocktails with Larry Miller. And thank you. A lot of people come up, and they've got the cars, and they say hello, and we shake hands. And the next thing we do, by the way, we still haven't quite come up with this, but we're going to come up with a secret handshake for the society. That's going to involve something like either shaking a cocktail or motioning like you're throwing back a drink. But, uh, so, okay, here it is. So the Larry Miller Drinking Society send a stamped self-addressed envelope to the Larry Miller Drinking Society, care of Ace Broadcasting 161 Riverside Drive, that's 10061 Riverside Drive, number 276. That's in Toluca <laughs> What are you doing with that? That's in Toluca Lake, California. I know I should know this, but Je- Jeff is shrinking the size. It's like an eye test. Larry Miller Drinking Society, care of Ace Broadcasting, 161, 10061 Riverside Drive, number 276, Toluca Lake, That's T-O-L-U-C-A, Lake, California, 91602, USA. That's very helpful, I'm sure. And just in case you were going to send it to the one in Albania, this is no. This is the one in, in the USA. So the Drinking Society cards are back. And plus, by the way, another thing we have that people have asked about, because a lot of times I think I get and we get some good ideas and we bring them up quickly and I tell you stories about things that are true. By the way, I have to underline that again. Every story on this show is true. Every observation is true. But I know these things happen to you in real life as well. It's just wonderful to be able to talk about them. But when I mention the Larry Miller hot dog that the folks over at this hot dog place on Ventura Boulevard said they wanted to make, they have some hot dogs of folks in show business, some celebrity hot dogs. And when Charlie Sheen first came back into the four, uh, there was one with the, the tiger's blood, which was hot sauce, because he had gone there and they made a hot dog for him. So everyone sent in some hot dog suggestions because I had asked you. And then, quite honestly, we, I won't lie to you, by the way, not about this anyway, but we, we didn't, we didn't follow up on that. I didn't follow up on that. So there are things out there, like the Drinking Society, that we don't want to lose touch with. And another thing people have mentioned to me on the road is, whatever happened to the 5-fecta? Now, maybe Jeff can uh, put that up on the, uh, on the front page again of uh, for, for the show. But the 5-fecta was where we, we started talking about, I was saving soap. I've saved soap forever. It's it's it, I can't believe people don't save soap because it's it, you're just throwing something out. You take one bar of soap, you take the soap chip that's left, of course, and you press it in. We went through various techniques of how to do that. And I got one, and I brought it in, and we took pictures of it. It was what was named, I think it was your name, it was Jeff's name, the Five Factor. It was five separate pieces of soap, not bars, actually, because that's cheating, by the way. You don't want to take new bars, even if you could melt them and fuse new bars together that's cheating this has to be something that's used it has to be something that you've used in the shower it has to be something that's gotten smaller on its own just from use and then you naturally the way you normally would fuse it on to another larger chip or to a new bar and then use that one and then you actually have to get it to where these have to be bars of soap that are used okay and So we're not going to drop that either. People kept saying, what about the 5 factor? What happened to the pursuit for perfection in that? And it reminded me of it because Jeff gave me a letter tonight. Jeff Fox did, by the way. And that's why I mentioned the Jeff Burchell Orchestra, which, by the way, is something we do every week, that when you send letters in, you can get your name on. They'll always be. You regular listeners know we always mention And don't they sound good tonight? That's, of course, the blank Orchestra and the Blank Dancers, featuring boy tenor and someone's name, asking the musical question, and then I always make up a joke to that. Anyway, and so a real person, Jeff Burchell, with a B, wrote in on this, and it was very funny, and it was about the five-factor. He writes, that's another one from like the old radio days, and that's right, a housewife from Indianapolis wrote us a letter. She writes, isn't that the way they used to say it? Anyway, he says, uh, first of all, he says something nice about the show, and he hasn't missed one yet. That's awfully nice. And he says, I had to, Jeff writes, I had to write to you because of what my wife just did. For five or six months now, I've been working on a massive soap bar. I was attempting to make a tenfecta, or decafecta, which actually sounds better, he says. He's right, by the way. It sounds very cool. A decafecta. It's it's fun to say, too, by the way. Try it, though not if you're driving. I was up to seven, and boy, did it look perfect. It was such a beautiful day here in upstate New York, I decided to do some yard work. Okay, my wife forced me to do some yard work. He's very funny. We have funny listeners, by the way. I mowed, weed whacked, and raked for three hours, and then I hit the lawn. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All those sound like euphemisms, don't they? Everything sounds like a euphemism to me. You're Like a euphemism for, you know, for romance, for making love. When, when, when our kids were little, everything with the word kids in it sounded like a euphemism to me. That When someone would call, I'd say, listen, uh, can I call you back? We're bathing the kids. Oh, why don't you two give it a rest? No, no, we're really bathing the kids. Don't you understand? There's nothing, oh, for God's sake, you know, that everybody would take it wrong. Uh, you you want to go and get a drink? No, I can't. We're taking the kids for a walk. Oh, Give it a rest. I, I'm telling you, we're taking the kids for a walk. So at any rate, uh, Jeff writes, he said, this is unbelievable, by the way. He said after he did all that yard work. He said. He says, needing a good shower, I went into my bathroom. Yes, comma, my bathroom, he writes. She has her own bathroom. Let's not explore that. But he says, I turned on the shower and noticed my conglomerate soap masterpiece was missing. I ran out into the hallway and shouted, where's my soap pieces? You can imagine my shock when the response was, you mean that mess in your shower? I was cleaning the bathrooms and I threw it out. He says, I was speechless. He gained composure. He he tried to tell his wife what it was and what he was attempting to do. And this, I love this. He said, needless to say, she was not only not impressed, but frankly, called me an idiot. Wow, that applies to about everything. And I just couldn't find the right words to describe to her what she was done, why he was upset and disappointed. At any rate, see, that's the problem, by the way. Today, we get upset and disappointed, not just rabid. But at any rate, all is fine now, even though I have another piece I was going to add to make it an octafactor. And I'll just have to settle for a one-factor and start all over again. I'll hit that deca someday, Larry, I promise. And when I do, I'll, mm, I'll do something really cool, like say, yay, or something. This is the perfect kind of mindset, by the way, for this show, which is not good news for either of us. <laughs> just that the whole reaction is going to be, I'll say, boy, isn't that neat? So, at any rate, though, I wanted to mention that again, not only about the show in general and the things we have going that we we 're not going to forget we 're not going to drop like the Larry Miller Drinking Society cards and getting a new and getting an official handshake for that and uh a password which will be something like boogie boogie but you know uh but not to we 're not going to drop any of that stuff and jeff 's letter reminded me that something happened with my wife just recently. My mom, who's no longer with us, was uh, got me a, a a hamper when I moved into my first apartment in uh, in my days as a bachelor, as something of a rake, a roue, a boulevardier, and I had my mom gave me it was kind of a rose colored, like light, light rose colored, like a gray. I'm trying not to say pink, but it was. It was whatever it was. It was was like a smoky, gray-pink hamper. All right, it was a pink hamper, but you know what? It never bothered me. I just thought it was was a nice wicker hamper, and that was with me. It's sort of like an old movie. If you remember, there was an old movie called The Yellow Rolls-Royce, where they just trace that car as it goes through other people's lives and where it goes from from person to person as it's traded in. And I always thought of that hamper as going through the various parts of my life and going through, well, women I would go out with. And uh, I remember almost everything through that hamper. And when we got married, when my wife and I got married, that hamper, and I wasn't even trying to do this consciously, but it stayed with me. It stayed with us. And I took it from my apartment, and we got a house, the house we've, we've been in since we got married, which is 18 years now, and... It was admittedly starting to fall apart. And my my wife, whom I love, who's who's the, uh, you know, she's great. She's my partner. She's everything. So, but she has that thing, like Jeff's wife. And she said to me two weeks ago, listen, you know what? I think it's time to get rid of your mother's hamper because it just doesn't go with anything anymore. And it's falling apart. You know it's falling apart. And then she played the card that, by the way that there is no return from this card she said by the way your mom would be the first one to say get rid of it now i don't know why she knows that or how she would say that but what do you say to that of what i, I don't why would you i okay but you don't say any of that if you're a husband you just say all righty so my wife got rid of it and she said I'd like to get rid of it soon, and I thought I would be a good guy. I thought I would gain some points. I thought I would get some equity built up in this. It was a Saturday afternoon, and I immediately took the laundry out and put it in the laundry room and just took the hamper into the side room by the house, which is where we, uh, you know, every house is different, but that's where we've decided to keep all the rats. So, uh, we no, we, we have <laughs> occasional visitors before but it's actually a terrifying room to go into but there are certain things there like my parents had a kitchen table. come to think of it's all my parents stuff that she says you have to move into there so there's an old kitchen table my parents had with like iron chairs and now there's this hamper in there now here's here's the the funny thing or the cool thing my wife is like me and she's more masculine than I am in a lot of ways and I'm more feminine than she is in a lot of ways. She was the one who wrestles with the kids and you know and wrestles with the dog and throws things and the dog gets it and puts things in the dog's mouth and pulls at it and I just keep saying, "Don't hurt him. You're hurting them. You're hurting everything. Don't hurt things." And all I want to do is hug them. So in this case though, my wife gets into sort of a a fever of womanly houseness and that that was the fever in which she said you know what time to get rid of this hamper so i did and as you may be able to guess on this though she hasn't gotten to the bed and bath place to get another hamper she said i'm going to get one today well she didn't get it that day she didn't get it the next day she didn't get it the next week she didn't get it the week after that so for 3 weeks now i and she have been tossing our dirty laundry, onto the floor, next to the window, which is where, of course, my mother's hamper used to be. So, it's so much neater, it's so much more picturesque, it's so much better decorating to have my dirty socks and sweatshirts on the floor, and her unmentionables, instead of in a slightly torn hamper. And I'll bet you a dollar, I'll keep you up on this, I'll let you know when she gets the hamper, I'm not afraid of her going out and getting one now, by the way, because she doesn't listen to the show. Because she doesn't need to. I am the show. But when, so I'll, I'll let you know, I'll bet you, I'm willing to bet right now, that we don't have a new hamper. This is coming up to summer now. Are we officially in summer? We are officially in summer. How nice it is to know the seasons as well as I do. We are officially in summer. I'll bet you we don't have a new hamper before the kids go back to school. I'll just bet you we don't. By the way, a quick thought there. Of uh, So I understand Jeff completely. When Jeff wrote in and said, you know what? Uh, you know My wife threw out my septa factor on the way to a decafactor, and she didn't understand. She thought it was a waste of time and a waste of life. And it got me thinking not just about my mom's hamper, which is, after all, these are just objects. It's just a hamper. But I'm wearing a shirt tonight. I don't like to throw things out. I think, now this is a generalization, but I think generalizations have some validity. I think most husbands don't like to throw things out if they still have use in them. I am wearing intentionally a T-shirt that's worn around the collar. It's starting to fray around the collar. And I'm wearing a shirt that I wear on the road a lot because I always wear Brooks Brothers shirts on the road, and these are expensive shirts. When I go to do shows, these are like $75 shirts. But I tore one, a little tear on it, in a dressing room somewhere, on a set somewhere, and now there's a hole in it, and I can't wear it out. I can't wear it on shows. I can't wear it, but if I have a jacket on, I can wear it, and I refuse to throw it out. And my wife has said, throw it out. And my mom, God bless her, used to say to my dad, who was a trial lawyer, My she used to say to my dad, my dad wouldn't throw shirts out, and his would actually wear around the collar. Like my T-shirt, they would start getting pilled. Isn't that the word? They would start to pill. And she would say to him, I think maybe she was right in that case. She said, you know, you look like a bum. And But in this case, my wife has asked me to throw out everything I have slowly. She's gotten rid of almost everything that I still like, but I've drawn a line. Somewhere around four years ago, I drew a line... In the worn carpeting, not in the sand, I drew a line and said, you know what? It's. You shouldn't really. You shouldn't really ask me to throw these things out. I don't want you to throw these things out. And so I wanted to raise this because Jeff wrote, wrote in about it. And you know what? I'm going to keep you up to date on when we get that hamper. But there's a larger theory here that I don't know why we have to throw things out just because they get a little worn. I don't mean men and women in this case. I think it's something. We do in Western society and maybe just maybe more so in American society. But you know what? I think there's this is something that men could lead the world on that would actually be a very positive step of saying, hold on, let's not ever throw anything out again until we take a good look at it. Let's not throw cars out. Let's not throw trucks out. And here's something I wanted to get to. Here's the story for tonight. I saw a truck on the road coming over here tonight that reminded me of... The truck I once drove, I've only driven a truck once, and I mean it was a full truck, not a tractor trailer. You have to go to school for that. I mean, you know, you really have to learn how to do that. That is not easy. But one year in the summer, I was 17, and I went to a temp agency every day that paid minimum wage. They would send you out on certain jobs, and you'd go there. It's like It sounds like a sitcom from the 60s, but... It's set in a temp agency, and you'd go there the minimum wage was i think two thirty five an hour or something like that at that point two forty an hour, and they would send you one time i did four weeks in a row at a full time job at a factory. This is so weird come to think of it. I just remember I used to walk there it was about three miles. It was a factory, and they did you had to get cleared because they did defense work and we were separating. There were me and two other guys put off on a wing on the side. They were defective parts, and we had to separate. The nines were good. They were like, uh, oh, gaskets or something, or metal pieces, circular pieces. And we had to separate the nines from the sixes. And they was the ones that were stamped with a nine, they were some kind of metal. And those you'd put in one bin, and the ones that were stamped with a six, you'd put in the other bin. And there were three of us there. It was me. And another fellow was a couple of years older, he was 19, he wanted to be a writer. I have no idea what happened to him. And there was a third guy, I think his name was Frank, and he was what in those days people would have called retarded or slow. He was, uh, he was a little mentally incapacitated or just slow. He was the sweetest guy in the world. By the way, I, I, I just want to say sometimes it's good that we've stopped saying certain words. It's, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes we go overboard and we get a little we get a little too nuts about things, but it's good that we've stopped saying certain words and uh, By the way, although sometimes we do go overboard, one of my kids uh Plays football. He's going into junior high football this fall, but he's played four years on these Pop Warner teams that we have around, and this one in particular was the East Valley Trojans, which oddly enough Adam Carolla played on for eleven years when uh, when he was a kid. And so my kid has just done four years on that. He's a good he's a good ball player too. I didn't sign him up for this. I'm not trying to have him have him do it, but he's really good, and uh, he's not heavy. He's like eighty seven pounds, and he played center. He starts at center, and he made the all star team too. He's good. But at any rate, he told me. I thought this was the funniest joke I would heard in years. He told me he's one of two white kids on the team. I'm there for every practice, every game, and you know. And he said, "Do uh, you know what they call us on the team? The other kids, it's they're black kids, and there are Mexican kids, and there are, and the, he's he's one of two white kids. And he said, "You know what they call us on the team?". And I said, "What's that?". And he said, "What I still think is one of the funniest jokes I've heard in years. He said they call us white meat." And the other white meat. Now he told me that, and I laughed. I said, "Now that's a terrific joke. That's a heck of a joke. I mean, that's a good adult joke." And I told someone at the kids' school that. By the way, I said to him, "Uh, "Which one are you?" And he said, "Oh, I'm white meat." So at any rate, I told this to one of the parents at our kids' school, and he got so embarrassed. He said, "What do you mean? Is this so? So the, the, the white you're saying this is white or black?" And I said, "Take it easy. These kids love each other." We all dig each other. Everybody's happy together. This is the most relaxed place in the world. And I said, you know what? It, we don't have to get so nervous just because even the phrases are brought up of just, well, they're white, they're black. Uh, you know what? It, I thought that was the funniest joke in history, calling the two white kids white meat and the other white meat. And, in fact, by the way, there's a difference. This showed me the difference. I have mentioned this in another context before, this is so funny, there is a difference between, say, the demographic of the of the parents, the conversations parents have in Little League and in Pop Warner football. The difference in this, the difference is this, if you go to a Little League game, you might see two parents leaning against a fence, and one parent would be saying something, to the other one like, you know, the new Lexus parks itself, really fantastic, but in the first day of practice for football this past season. My wife and I were walking up to the field. It was great by the way. It was a worn field and had potholes in it, but they did a lot of good work on that field. And we were walking up to the field for the first day of practice, and two parents were leaning on the fence. And as we walked past, one was saying to the other, but they're charging him as an adult. And we walked past, and I turned to my wife with a big smile and said, well, it's good to be back in football. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. So at any rate, The reason I went on that little side jog there is because I was separating these parts in this factory with these defense parts. And me and this other guy who was a couple of years older than me and this guy, Frank, we were together eight hours a day for a month or two. And we just had the best time. We'd go out to the sandwich truck at lunch and just get a sandwich. We'd bring things and share them. We really got along so well. And at one point... Now, we've been separating these parts for a month and a half now, and it wasn't an exciting job, but we're doing it. So the three of us, no one else around for 100 yards in this giant factory, it's just us in this corner separating these parts in this bin. You know, the nines were in this bin, the sixes were in this bin, and one part was good and one part was bad. And finally, at one point, the, uh, the writer, the guy who was a couple of years older than me, just finally takes a look at one of these parts and says to both of us or none of us, Gee, I wonder what the difference is between the nines and the sixes. And Frank, the guy who was, uh, you know, the sweetest guy in the world who was a little slow, says, turns to both of us and says, with complete sincerity, oh, the nines have the circle on the top and the line curves around on the right side, but the sixes have the circle on the bottom and a line curves up on the left side. And the three of us looked at each other for a second and we started laughing. He was just describing nines and sixes as numbers, not these particular parts. The three of us started laughing, and we laughed so long and so hard, we almost got fired. We finally got the attention of one of the managers who came by and thought, well, we were what we were just three idiot kids just standing there. But I hadn't thought of that in the longest time, and that job at that temp agency, what's the difference yeah, what are the differences between nines and sixes? Oh, well, the nine has the circle on the top, and the line goes down, and the six has the circle on the bottom, and the line goes up. And the next job I had, my first time driving a truck, this is how, how dumb are we all? The guy says to me at the temp agency one day, he walks out into that main room there, and there are about 15 of us sitting there. He said, "Anyone know how to drive a truck?" I raised my hand. Because I don't care, I'm 17, sure I know how to drive a truck. Now, at that time in New York State, by the way, you could get a chauffeur's license. It was called a chauffeur's license or a class 1, or whatever it's called. You could get one the same way at the Motor Vehicle Bureau. If someone said, who wants a chauffeur's license instead of a regular license? And I just said one day, yeah, I'll take one. What do you have to do? I don't think he asked me anything. I just, he just stamped it, okay, chauffeur's license. So I said, I'm a chauffeur. He gives me an address. I go down to this warehouse in the middle of Queens on Long Island in New York, and the guy gives me a clipboard. He doesn't look at me and think, why is this idiot kid about to drive a truck? He says, fine, you're gonna make some deliveries in Manhattan. This is from Queens. He takes me out into the backyard there, into the parking lot. They have about 15 trucks. Four of them were vans. He could have given me a van, but he didn't. Four of them were pickup trucks. Four of them were giant tractor trailers, as you know. It's a full separate, where the cab is separate from the trailer portion. And then there was one truck. This was, I was like a thirty-eight foot truck. This is a giant truck. It wasn't a trailer. It wasn't separate. It was a full real truck. Now he said to me, because he's so smart, you know how to drive one of these, right? And I just immediately said, Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, I got a lot of hours in, and. I had never been in anything like this. He gives me the clipboard. He shows me this this is the kind of truck that was so big it had a platform that was electrified on the back where you move the handle and it goes, goes up and then flaps against the truck. What would help you make the deliveries and unload the packages? He shows me how that goes up. He shows me how to unload the giant hook. You have to move it was like switching train tracks to the hook that held down the door and then you opened it up. Inside, I'm telling you folks. There were six packages I could have put into a car. They could have gone into a trunk. Why they were in a truck this big, I'll never know. I closed the door again. He didn't even see this. He says, You all said? I said, Absolutely. He said, Here's some money for tolls. Fine. I get into the truck, and he's standing. He starts to walk away. I'd never driven something like this before. The first three gears wind so high. The first three gears rev at 35,000 turns a minute or whatever it is because the first three or four gears are only if you if you're pulling a yacht up a hill at 80 degrees that they just go Aah! and the, and the truck moves forward an inch a year it doesn't do anything so there were a couple of clutches in fact and then I went to the second gear same thing, and finally by the fourth or fifth gear I started found a way to use just a few gears to move the thing out of the parking lot this guy st- turned around to watch me but again still doesn't think this guy can't drive a truck. I drove it out of that lot. I knew where I was going. I knew how to get to the bridges and the tunnels. But can you imagine this? I stopped off first. I had to stop off. I stopped off at a little candy store. This was before 7-Elevens, I guess. We didn't have any of those in our area. But I stopped off because I was wearing a brown T-shirt and jeans. And I had to get a pack of cigarettes to fold up into my shirt sleeve because I'm driving a truck. And the steering wheel, by the way, was horizontal. It was one of those. It was very thick. It was about two inches thick on the thing. You know, so you're moving. It was like an old bus steering wheel. And I'm bouncing along on this thing. And I'm thinking, get a load of this. And I went to the link. You have to be. Careful. It's a truck. I'd never driven And it's a long truck, a heavy truck. And I had to go to the truck lanes because you can't go through the regular car stuff. You have to be aware of what you're doing. But you can still go through the tunnels. I went into Manhattan. I could double park because this was in some of these places where downtown, some of these. I don't even know how I found them. This is stuff that cabbies should know. And I then I went to the garment center and made these. And I would stop for deliveries. I'd, I'd pick the, you know, the platform up electronically, drive, fly, rise up to the thing. Unload the giant hook, pull pull the door up, and take a box that was like a shoebox inside. And here's the delivery. He'd sign he'd sign the clipboard. I'd say, Thanks very much. He'd say, Okay, pal. Everybody was pal. I felt like, hey, I'm a truck driver, and they think I'm a truck driver, and they're all calling me pal. Hiya, buddy. Hiya Mac. Hiya pal. Hiya, Joe. And then I so I made these five or six deliveries in no time. It was about an hour and 20 minutes. It's nothing to deliver. There was no reason for me to have this thing. And I was so thrilled that I was driving a truck. And it was now only one in the afternoon that I drove it back to my house. Just as on Long Island, just to drive it around the neighborhood to see if my friends were around to say to them, hey, who's home? I went knocking on all sorts of doors. I was knocking branches off as I went. That's how high and big this truck was. And... I there was no one home. I had to show someone this truck. I went by my high school. There's no one, there, no one there I knew. I went around the circle in a huge truck, saying, "Hey, is Robbie here? Anyone seen Todd?" No. I just tell anyone I was driving a truck. And so then I finally drove back to the factory. There was nothing to do. And the guy said to me, "Say, that's pretty good. You were you uh, you uh, here earlier than anybody else was. It was three o'clock. I drove around for two hours. Is it was terrific?" He said, "Would you like a regular job here?" And I said, Yeah, well, great, sure. He said, Absolutely, I'll call you up. Now, here's the thing. It was before I learned in life, you know what? You have to be the one to call. I was thrilled. I wanted to be a regular day thing for this guy to have another six weeks the way I worked in that factory. You know, the ones where I was separating the sixes and the nines. But you know what? He never called back because he forgot. It's a good lesson in life. If you want something, and I try to teach my kids this, you know what? You be the one to call back. If the guy's interested, Call back as soon as you get home and say, hey, by the way, Mr. Henderson, this is Larry Miller again. I just want to let you know, if you want, I'd love that job. I'd love to be a regular driver for you. And you got to remind him. And then you got to call two days later and say, oh, hey, Mr. Henderson, it's Larry Miller again. I don't want to bother you, but I just want to let you know, if you need a driver, I'd love to work for you. And you know what? I bet I would have gotten that job. So in any case, though, (laughs) that's my story of the first and only time I've driven a truck. And what the difference is, I hope you, bo- you all know, between the sixes and the nines. As you know, the show's website is acelarrymiller.com. And please remember that if you're ever going to go to Amazon and you ever want to buy something there or browse, go to us first at acelarrymiller.com and hit the banner that says Amazon. And you'll get the same good stuff you always get. And Amazon will be happy and and will be happy. And thanks for that. My website is com. Follow me on Twitter at Larry J. Miller. There's so much to talk about. I've got a couple of good parts coming up on Curb Your Enthusiasm and a few other shows and some good stories. But as, as as always, it means the world that you're here. And everything you want to get to starts at acelarrymiller.com. Remember the Larry Miller Drinking Society cards. Care of Ace Broadcasting at 10061 Riverside Drive, number 276, in Toluca Lake, California, 91602, USA. And as always, remember, if you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to, and someone there who cares about you folks, the game's over and you've won, and that is still the truest thing I know. I hope you have that, and if you do, have one for me tonight. We'll see you next week on This Week with Larry Miller, only at Ace Broadcasting. Transcribed for Armed Forces Radio, now in mono.